2017, a lot of great content was covered on this show. Hell, I even got one of the best opening segments. Critically acclaimed. But if you thought in 2017 that I came near my peak or reached it, you got another thing coming. Continue to roll the audio because I will continue to be great. I will continue to come up with great content. I will continue to bring on great guests and I will continue to be the best in the world at what I do. I am it. I claim it. I prove it. Every single episode. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to the first episode in 2018 of The Perfect Edge. Good evening, biscuit butts and bubble heads. Welcome to the newest episode of The Perfect Edge. And you are here with yours truly, the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don DiBiase, Don Strowman, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, the Don of a New Nation, Don Gerard Flames, Spoken Fat Hardy, the man that gravity remembered, the Don Voltine Dream, Donnie Delaware, Donnie Boy Smith, Donnie Omega Man, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. And boy, is there some things to talk about on this episode. Now, it's been a little while. We've celebrated Christmas and Kwanzaa and New Year's Eve and whatever else that people celebrate out there. We've all had our fill of the food, you know. We've got a lot of good wrestling. We've gotten a lot of questionable wrestling, but that's all into interpretation because wrestling is to interpretation. But I must say what I've seen, I personally uh, have enjoyed. Even with uh, some of the UFC footage, I've enjoyed. We have uh, some great boxing coming up, which I will enjoy. Even though I don't think we're going to talk about boxing on this episode, there is some great boxing coming up because Errol Spence is fighting. If you don't know who Errol Spence is, do your Googles. Go find out who he is and prepare for the fight that he has coming up. In the meantime, I'm very excited to be back. Very excited to have a new episode. If you haven't checked out the last episode, episode 20, please go and do so because the man, Ron Pashery, rejoined me on the episode and we had a great time. Talking about kind of great sometimes wrestling, mainly WWE or WWE, according to Kurt Angle. Anyways, without further ado, I guess we'll get into some of the lighter topics. We'll start with uh, UFC 219. And like I said, this happened like, what, two, three weeks ago. So my memory on it is kind of shot, sort of. Um, but I'll touch on some of the things that I really was looking forward to. I really cared about Carlos Condit came back. I was excited about that. But it wasn't a good showing for Carlos. Um, you could clearly tell that he's been away from the sport for a minute. Um, or at least not competing. 
Um, and it just showed Neil Magny was all over him um, for the most part. Well, he wasn't necessarily all over him, but it just like it, he was being outclassed, and it was just like you know you're Carlos Condit. But um, he just didn't look the same, and I don't know if he's going to retire after this. I would think he may, but at the same time, I'm also thinking maybe he'll take one more fight um, before he he retires and decides to hang it up for for real, for good. Um, but I don't know. He just didn't look the same as he used to in that fight, and just you know the time all clearly showed in that fight. So. Uh, a little disappointed, but, you know, we'll see what happens, if he'll come back or if he's going to stay away. Uh, next fight that I actually care. Oh, the the uh, Cynthia Cavillo and Carla Sparza uh, fight was really, really good, too. Both ladies throwing their hands. Both ladies, you know, just going all out for it. Truly exciting match. Um, you know, Cavillo just is on a war path to the title. And I think at this point, if she doesn't have it, her next fight, if she doesn't have a title shot, then she definitely has one within the next couple fights if she continues to fight, especially at the aggressive pace that she has. So get a girl title shot, man. Why not? Uh, what else did I care about there? Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, I think. Oh, my goodness. I think I said that right. Uh, versus Edison Barboza. Uh, <laughs> Khabib is a freaking animal. And that fight showed it. Uh, Barbosa was trying to throw the kicks. He was trying to do everything he could, and Khabib was just mauling him pretty much the entire fight, just throwing a lot of punches that Barbosa just couldn't really defend and just getting grounded, pounded a lot, and just getting getting a lot of his energy drained out of him. Like, it was just pre- it was pretty much just a mugging. It was a straight mauling majority of the fight. Like, it was nothing that Barbosa could do. Like, Khabib was just... He's just a, a complete animal in there. And I don't know who he's going to fight next. Uh, I don't know if he's fighting Ferguson or Ferguson's fighting someone or something like that. But I just know that whoever has that title, it's going to be a tough fight if Khabib is the person that they're fighting. So uh, <laughs> just amazing way to end the year for Khabib, just mauling Barbosa, who is just probably one of the most dangerous strikers in the UFC. Uh, definitely with the kicks. Um, last but not least, the the fight that I definitely wanted to see, but I was definitely scared for the person that I wanted to win, and that was Chris Cyborg versus Holly Holmes. Of course, I was rooting for Chris Cyborg, and not gonna lie, I felt like if someone was going to put up a decent fight with Cyborg, that Holly Holm may be that person, and uh, it was. She was she was trying, but it was just another one of those fights where it was like, you know, Holly was putting out her best efforts and it, it really wasn't getting the job done. You know, I thought one sideboard coming out the Kirk Franklin stomp was just it was different for me. I that song is at least twenty years old, maybe. And I mean not that people don't come out the old songs, they do, but I mean, just for someone who knows that song and hearing her and she was just grooving to it too on the way out. Like it was just hilarious to me, like seeing her come out the Kirk Franklin stomp and like it was a brand new song. Um, anyway, in the first round, you know, Cyborg was just landing a bunch of punches on Holly's face, which is just typically what Cyborg does. She's just a straight beast with throwing bombs and landing them on people. And Holly Holmes face quickly showed it. You know what I mean? Just Cyborg definitely wasn't respecting Holly's punches, continuing to pressure in, um, even though Holly did get off a couple shots, there was some blood showing from Cyborg's nose, which uh, which 
I mean, it's typical in a fight, but you know, even at your landing shots that are showing something like that on Cyborg, it, you know, it's a little different. You don't quite see it as much. Um, Holly definitely did a great job of moving around. Um, and even at points going into the clinch and, and trying to move Cyborg around. So I think she did a good job at that, just trying to throw off the game a little bit, just trying to keep moving and, and even being able to grab her and move her and keep her from, you know, mauling her at certain points. I thought that was a really good uh, defense for Holly. Um, uh, I think other than that, Cyborg just just was throwing heavy bombs that Holly just couldn't really compete with. Um, and it was tough because, you know, Holly's a boxer by by uh, by initial uh, trade, I guess, or whatever I would say right now. I'm leaving my head. But um, but it just wasn't enough to put Cyborg down. Cyborg just was throwing heavier shots. And, you know, it was just – it was a good fight nonetheless. I enjoyed it. And I definitely wouldn't mind seeing it again. I know they were talking about um, signing Megan Anderson – to fight Cyborg and bring her in because that's pretty much a division that's for Cyborg. Like, but I, me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Holly Holmes fight Cyborg again. I don't know if Holly, Holly Holmes wants to fight Cyborg again, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I thought it was really good. So, anyway, we got uh, Stipe Miocic and uh, Francis Ngannou coming up, and. I'm super excited for that fight. I soon as I seen Francis Ngannou win his last fight, I was like, he has to fight Stipe, and it's going to be amazing. Didn't think we were going to get it this quickly, but since we are getting it this quickly, I'm super excited, and I can't wait to see it. I think it's uh some it's either next weekend or the weekend after next, but um I think it's the, I think it's next weekend, but um it's it's going to be super super dope. It's going to be super amazing, and I just can't wait to see it, man. These two heavy hitters. And Francis Ngannou is pretty much a damn robot. Um, the guy just who has like a record or something like that for like the hardest punching person in the world or something like that. Like, why would you want to face somebody like that? And Stipe's no punk. Stipe's no pushover. But Francis Ngannou was just otherworldly. Like, dude is just ridiculously strong. His punch is just like the last punch. The punch he gave Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem was stiff as a board. Like, literally head tilted back, feet pointed out. And his body was just like completely straight, like, and I don't know. I just, I, me personally, I don't care how much training I have. I wouldn't want to fight Francis Ngannou. The dude was just a freak of nature. Anyway, moving on, we have uh, Wrestle Kingdom twelve was, has been a big deal. I know New York Dash has been a big deal too. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but I definitely will sometime soon. May cover it on the next show. May not depend on what happens. But uh, everyone's uh, talking about uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, the Alpha versus Omega match, no disqualification. Uh, I literally just watched that match probably about half hour ago, and I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was super dope to see a different version of Jericho that we do not see in the WWE. Just a little bit more violent, a little bit more rude. Um and just like really taking full advantage of it, even uh beating up the ref a little bit, and then putting his son, the referee's son, into the uh the lion, lion chamber was dope, and just a little bit of the outside stuff they were doing, the usage of the chairs in the match, uh just you know yeah I felt like it was definitely a evenly booked match. Um I felt like Jericho got a lot of his offense off. I felt like Omega got a lot of his offense off. They definitely told a good story with uh Omega and the one wing angel move and just. Jericho reversing out of it 
into a pin and also being able to grab the bottom rope. I thought that was super dope, just kind of the storytelling that they did uh, throughout the match. Um, trying to think what else I thought. It was really well. I just thought uh, I thought it was super dope that they even was able they they were even able to pull this this match off. Um, Jericho, I think, is the perfect person to go and do it. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anybody else, especially. I mean, I mean, besides AJ Styles, probably. I think Jericho is probably the only other person that could pull this off. And I feel like probably Jericho more so because it's Jericho. Like, he's definitely in the status now of, and probably has been for a good bit of while, but definitely after this past couple of years that he's had, he's he's definitely in gold status. He's definitely proven it. Um, and that match, I think, showed that he still has some gas in the tank and that he's still able to go. Um, I don't know. I think he's supposed to be fighting Naito next or something like that. I've kind of been reading the tabloids a little bit, but I haven't been actually reading any information. But and I'm I'm excited about that too because Naito is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. So I definitely would like to see him go with Naito. I like to see him go with uh, Okada if 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 we if he's there long enough and if we can pull it off. Um, so I don't know. I, I like to see Jericho go against a lot of the guys over there. Um, I just thought it was. Um, that match was definitely a good start. If he's going to have a, some, somewhat of a run there, I think that'd be dope. Even if he gets uh, gets a match against Cody, I think that would just be dope, man. I don't want him to join any faction. I think he should just, you know, roam around and do whatever he wants in New Japan or whatever. Or I don't know. I just think that, you know, if he's going to have a run there, you know, put all the all, all the face all the guys that are like kind of doing their thing right now, and I think that'd be really dope. And I think Jericho can put people over um from russell tanahashi versus jay white thought it was a decent match but if anyone's listened to the show long enough you know that i'm not a real big fan on the whole limb hurting throughout the match and people continuing to pick on it and da 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 like it really makes the magic boring for me even though i think both of those guys are great wrestlers the match was it didn't do a whole lot for me personally and some some people may be like what like but uh, I just got to be honest, like, it, it was what it was for me. Like, I don't know, Ta- Tanahashi's not a very exciting wrestler to me all the time. Like, he's hit or miss for me. And I know some people may uh, who listen, they may love him out there. They may think, what? He has incredible matches all the time. That's great. But in my opinion, he doesn't always do it. I do like that Jay White switched his character. I like the Switchblade character. I want to see how it progresses over the year. And I... I mean, it's, it's a great character. I just want to see what he does with it. I think he can do great things with it, but it's all on what he does. Um, we had the Fatal 4-Way with uh, Marty Scroll, um, Will Ospreay, Kushida, and Hiromu Takahashi. Um, me personally, I wanted Takahashi to win this match. I don't know. It was kind of one of those matches where it was just like, I like everyone probably except for Kushida, and it's nothing against Kushida. He's a dope wrestler. He's just never done anything for me um, personally. But um, Takahashi... I was like, I really wanted Takahashi to win this title back. But, you know, if Will Ospreay won, I wouldn't have been upset if Marty would have, uh, well, Will Ospreay did win. But if Marty would have uh, kept the title, I wouldn't have been mad at either. So any of those three, I was like, whatever. If any of those three win, I'm fine. Um, and Will Ospreay ended up winning. But my that, that I don't care what anyone says. That was the match of the night. Um, even though I haven't watched the um, Okada and Naito match yet. 
I still feel like it's safe enough to say that for me. Anyway, that was the match of the night, man. I really enjoyed it. It was just so much going on, so much uh, just action in it. Um, you know, Will Ospreay in itself is just – Will Ospreay can – he's one of those guys that can wrestle a broom and make it look super appealing. It looks really good. Like, it, 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 he can literally just wrestle a broom, and it'll look like one of the best matches ever. It'll probably be a seven on the Meltzer scale. Um but I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Marty just being a genius that he is, starting the match, getting out the ring, letting him wrestle, and then as soon as guys start going for the pins, he gets in the ring, breaks it up, gets right back out the ring. Just genius storytelling through that. Um, Osprey stepping on Kashida's back to a hurricane run on Marty was just something super dope. Just, just Osprey always does some some super dope offense. Like in every match, it's just it's so entertaining to see. Uh, Osprey climbing the scaffolding like Shane McMahon doing the moonsault onto the rest of the guys. Uh, it was just it's it's just Osprey man. Like I, I definitely my, I'm making it a personal goal in 2018 to see Will Osprey live. I don't care if it's ROH or why well, it obviously will probably have to be ROH because I am not going to Japan. But um, I don't know. Just a lot of bunch of it was a lot of out of the air catches that these guys were doing. Just you know guys going for their offense and. Somebody else catching them out of air, doing on stunner or drop kick or something. It's just it was just so packed full of action. I was just super super excited. Marty hog tying Takahashi to the guardrail with the tape, throwing the the uh, medical powder in Kashida's face. Uh, Kashida doing the avalanche cross arm breaker off the top rope, which was just super super dope. Just even I don't know. I think that's like the new thing in wrestling right now. Like if you can do it, like just kind of. Catching arm breakers out of nowhere, or, you know, doing, you know, choke holds out of nowhere. And it's super dope. I'm just saying I think it's a thing now. It's starting to become a thing. And it's it's not a bad thing. It's just it, it is what it is. I'm starting to see it. But I just really enjoyed that match, man. I think it was match of the night in my personal opinion. I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that again. I wouldn't mind seeing any combination of those guys going at it. Even Kushida, um, even though he doesn't do anything for me, he's definitely a great wrestler. And I've definitely enjoyed his matches. He just never was somebody that I wanted to win personally. Uh you got Suzuki versus Goto. That was a super strong style match. Um a lot of a lot of hard hits in this match, man. Like these dudes were definitely just throwing like a lot of hard punches. Even you could see like the swelling on Goto's face just from some of the shots that he took from Suzuki. Um it was a hair versus hair match. Suzuki ended up losing. And a lot of uh Suzuki Goon tried to pull uh uh, Suzuki out of the ring and take him to the back and like a true man Suzuki goes back to the ring well goes back to the area grabs a chair mind you there's already a chair in the ring everything's set up already he grabs another chair he takes the chair smacks the chair that's already set up and puts the chair that he grabs down and then grabs the clippers out of Godo's hands and starts cutting his own hair and it's definitely one of the most entertaining things to see and I really like Suzuki man he's just old school strong style and somehow just has a coolness about him still it's just like it's super dope um and and just definitely respect the goto two who ended up winning and yeah it was just a good match it was a nice strong style match real stiff and you know if you like that type of thing that's definitely a good match to watch honestly i'm gonna i'm i've run it up for the that uh, what could have stole the match what could have stole the show is even with Sonata versus Killer Elite Squad, which is David Boy Smith and Lance Archer. Lance Archer is a freaking goon. Lance Archer is, jeez Louise, that dude is just, man, 
man. So this dude starts going around as he comes out, spewing and throwing water at the crowd. Like literally has multiple bottles of water just like on him. And he's just like taking each one out and spewing water and throwing water onto the crowd. And I thought it was just super hilarious. It's very, it's it's good hill work in my opinion. Um, Archer immediately attacking Evil, knocking Sonata off the ropes and trying to go for a pin early. I thought it was just, it's just good hill. These, these guys are just great hills. Um, Archer starting to beat up all the young Lions ringside and David Boy Smith throwing Sonata out of the ring hard and then, you know, beating up more of the young Lions. The young Lions had a rough night that night. They were getting beat up by Jericho, by the Killer Elite squad. They 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 didn't have an easy night that night. They they were earning their stripes. Um, Lance Archer choke slamming Evil into Sonata and the Young Lions on the floor was just a dope spot. Uh, Davy Boy taking Sonata's hand and making him look like he was tapping out and saying he's tapping, he's tapped. It's just just good, just great heel work. Just just a great match. This might be one of my match of the year candidates. Honestly, I might put this up there. I think we have an early one, folks. I'm gonna put that up there. I'm actually going to track that this year because last year, I, I just tried to enjoy more stuff last year. I think I'm going to actually try to compose a list of stuff this year. But we'll see because the lowdown does what the lowdown wants. Anyway, uh, just happy that Sonata Evil ended up winning the match with a Magic Killer. Um, They tried to uh, go for the pin after one Magic uh, Killer. Sonata immediately goes on the ropes, does the moonsault. Ends up getting the pin on Davy Boy Smith Jr. And like I said, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that match from the start to the end. And that may be one of my match of the year candidates. Yeah, because I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was my first time seeing Lance Archer, and I was thoroughly impressed, highly impressed. And I'm gonna definitely continue to keep an eye on that dude because his heel work is great. And Davy Boy Smith definitely compliments him well. I thought it was they they definitely did a a good job and it's weird because I don't know if, you know both are Hill factions part of Hill factions uh, Killer Lee Squad part of Suzuki Suzuki Goon and even Sonata versus uh, Los Eganables De Japon and they were more the Hills in the match than even Sonata were and I just I thought that was a different uh, off 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 uh, whatever but um anyway um next up we had Coda Cody said Cody Cody versus Kota Ibushi. And, I mean, it was just Cody being Cody in that match for the most part. Just uh, Kota Ibushi being Kota Ibushi in the match. Just putting, doing some great strikes, doing some great kicks. Brandy Rhodes acting hurt after uh, Kota Ibushi did the over-the-rope uh, maneuver. It was it was just super dope. He picked her up, which I don't know. That was kind of awkward to me. He picked her up like he was going to carry her to the back. It's like, it's not your wife. It's Cody's wife. Put her down. But anyway. Uh, Brandy giving Cody the cheer. Just her involvement in the match was just like super great. Just, you know, acting like she was hurt. And then, you know, Cody and her laughing on the floor, you know, after uh, she acted like she was hurt. And then her giving him the chair and just, you know, Cody using it while she was distracting the ref. And uh, the, the crossroads that Cody did off the apron was super, super rough. Like you could tell Cody definitely landed on his head on the floor the way that they did it. Um, luckily, he wasn't hurt, or at least as far as I know, he wasn't hurt. He continued the match. But it was definitely a rough spot to see. Um, but Coda uh, ended up winning with uh, the Phoenix, and I just thought it was a pretty good match, man. Um, I'm not upset that Cody lost, even though everyone knows Cody's one of my favorite uh, wrestlers right now. Um, but I think it, it was good. It told a story, and 
I enjoyed it for the, um for what it was, you know. Um, other than that, I don't have much else to talk about from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the Young Bucks won the titles back, which was dope. Um, the only thing that Rapongi Three K is who who the Young Bucks faced at Wrestle Kingdom, and I think those guys are great. I like their look. I like their uh, wrestling style. Uh, I think they're super dope, and I think at some point WWE is probably going to try to get those dudes, um, just because I I just feel like they're they're going to try to get them. Um, but they're definitely definitely dope. Um, Yo and Show, I think that's their names. Is it Yo and Show? I think it's Yo and Show. Yeah, Yo and Show. Um, and they're just really dope, dope guys. Um, they're under Rocky Romero, who to me is one of the corniest people. Um, but at the same time, you got to respect the guy. He's definitely a great wrestler. Uh, and the, the, I think it was a gauntlet match. The gauntlet match. Yeah, the gauntlet championship match for the six-man tags. Um, six-man tag. Out of that match, it was a lot of dope groups. But out of that match, I just took that. Tama Tonga is just super dope. He's, he's, the dude is just super dope. Um, and it's funny because he's one of those guys who's like, he could stay in New Japan or he could probably go in WWE and fit in. Just like, he's like the ultimate cool, one of the ultimate cool guys in Bullet Club without even trying. Like, just like the facial expressions, just the way he carries himself. Like, he just has that it quality. Um, but, you know, right now he's in Japan. We'll see what happens. Um, and I hope he stays in Japan, to be honest. I don't want him to go to WWE and they do something whack with him. Like, I think him and his brother, they have a thing going. Uh, big bad luck filet like that. Yo, I've never like been in the big bad luck filet, but my man wrestled in Dickies and Chucks, bro. Like straight West Coasting in that match, straight wrestled in Great Dickies and Great Chucks, man. Like I don't, I didn't even care what he was doing in the match. That just won me over that he was wrestling in Dickies and Chucks. Like that was super dope to me. I don't even like it. Just was what it was. But other than that. Wrestle Kingdom 12 was what it was, man, and I, I enjoyed it for what it is. For the most part, I still have to watch Okada versus Naito, and I will watch that in peaceful, peacefulness and enjoying it as it should be. And I probably, I mean, yeah, I'll probably talk about it in the next episode. It is what it is. Uh, as far as Raw SmackDown this week, uh, it's been enjoyable, I think, the last couple weeks or so. Touching on a few of the things, Braun, uh, Brock, and Kane. I think it's safe to say that no one necessarily wants to see this per se, at least not with Kane involved. We all know that why Kane is involved, he's obviously going to be the person to take the pin so that Brock can remain the title. It's pretty obvious they're not going to put the title on Braun right now. We know that they're going to go into WrestleMania where Brock is a universal champion. But Brock Lesnar using the the freaking Batman rope, I forgot the name of the, I think it's a hook or whatever, whatever he did, throws it up onto the scaffolding in the back and lit, he gets it all, the first shot, like super impressive, like throws it up, like he's, like he just does this in his spare time, he just throws freaking javelins or throws freaking ropes up on the high places and just climbs up or whatever, but anyway, does that first shot, super impressed, and pulls it down onto Brock and Kane. And it was just a dope moment. And they've, they've been doing this for a while with Brian now, just getting a lot of super dope spots off with him. And just this guy just has been nailing it and doing a great job. So it was definitely an enjoyable moment, definitely something dope to see. Um, I thought it was weird how they wheeled Brock off in a, on, 
in the ambulance and then Kane just like hobbles off. I mean, which obviously we know Kane's going to do something to that extent. This is a guy who hopped out of the ambulance and stomped his leg back in place. But I don't know. It, I mean, that was enjoyable more so than those two starting to brawl. As soon as Braun came into the picture, it was just like, all right, now this is meaningful. Now I care. It makes sense. Um, and just not even knowing what they were going to do, but as soon as he, they looked up, he he looked in the box and saw the thing and and looked up. It was just like, oh, okay, they're going to do something great. I don't know what it is. And then Paul Heyman just – Paul Heyman is – Paul Heyman is Paul Heyman, man. He sold the crap out of that segment. Made it look so believable. I mean, we know that these guys obviously didn't get hit with this thing, like, but just selling the crap out of it. And it was just such an enjoyable segment, mainly because of Braun and because of Paul Heyman selling it, man. It was super dope. And those two just laying on the ground. Um, after this whole Kane goes away. And that's all I can really say about that. Uh this whole Shield Jason Jordan thing has been amazingly funny. Uh Drakeson Jordan is super hilarious and super enjoyable for for Monday Night Raw. He's definitely just the stuff he's saying with the shield and just their reaction to it has been super, super hilarious to me. It's been super good. Uh Ballot Club Foreman is super dope. It's kind it's it's kind of good timing for them, but it's a bad timing as far as booking because she, um, Dean's hurt, so he's not. They're not able to do the Shield versus Ballot Club thing, which I feel like they're probably they probably will put the Shield over anyway because they're WWE product per se. But I don't know. Like I, I see where they're going with it, which is I think would be cool in a sense, but. I don't know. It's like they have to really book this right, being that they put them together now. They really have to get this right because it would be wasteful to put these guys together and you really have nothing jack squat to do with them. And WWE's done this before many, many times. And it's just like with this group of guys, they come from a dominant background in Japan and you're putting them together now and you really don't have a lot to run with with them on. So I don't know. I think like even like if you're going to do the three-man thing, Put them somehow. I mean, you got the Royal Rumble. Everyone's going to be in the same building. Put them against the New Day. Let them do what the Shield did. Or, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. Or, I mean, the Miseraj, like the Misteraj. I, I don't know. If you're going to have them together, like have them do something. Just do something creative with them. Do something right with them. That's all I'm saying. It took so long for you guys to make it together. Put it together. So just, you know, do the right thing with them. Uh Trying to think, is that the only thing I cared about on Raw? Thanks so for the most part. Samoa Joe is just great. He's amazing. Matt Hardy is he's doing good for what they're able to work with at the moment. Um. Yeah, as far as anything else, I think it's just a mix match challenge stuff on Raw that I pretty much care about. I don't care about anything else. SmackDown. Um. Um, I'm not completely thrilled with this whole Shane, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Kevin Owens, Sammy thing. Um, it's good, but I don't know. It's it's lacking something for me. It's not really, I'm not super excited about it. Um, and I can't quite put my finger on it why, but... I'm just not super sold on it. I'm not super excited about it, but 
don't know. It is what it is. It's not terrible. Um, it's just it's it's a lot of moving parts in it. Then you bring in Blandy Orton, who no one cares about, and they just I don't know. I just feel like Shane has this like love fest with Randy Orton. Like he just always finds ways to involve Randy Orton. Like you know, I don't know. It's just uh, it's so annoying. Like, oh, we're gonna have a match. How about the Viper, Randy Orton? It's like, dude, we know he's the. You don't have to say that he's the Viper every time you talk about him. And it's just, oh my god, it's just I don't know what his 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 love thing is with Randy Orton, but he just loves bringing on Randy Orton. You know, I'm going to lunch today. Guess who's gonna join me? The Viper, Randy Orton. It's just like, dog, like we get it. Like you like Randy Orton. We don't know why, but whatever. Him and Shinsuke, like Shinsuke, always kind of ends up tagging along as well, and it just goes to show that they had nothing to do for these guys. But who pro- they probably should have been in the U.S. title pick. Well, maybe not. I guess because they're around the the title, the main title, so somewhat. So, but it's just like they're they're not really doing anything. So, but whatever. Um. Other than that, SmackDown, I'm trying to think, hasn't really done anything super. Uh. Great per se. The U.S. Championship thing is. Uh, I'm I I would like Woods to win. Because I feel like they could do great things with the title as far as a new day. It would make sense for them to put it on gender, but I know that them putting that title on gender is not gonna go well because they're not gonna book him well with it. There's a story there that could be had. You have a, you know, the Maharaja, this, you know, Indian wrestler who has the United States title. He's they try to book him as a heel and as a bad guy is un American in the first place. Now he has a US championship. The story pretty much writes itself, and I just know that you got that 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 the WWE is not gonna book it well. They're not gonna give him anything great to run with on it. Um, so even though I feel like gender's gonna end up having it, I would rather Probably see Woods with it just because I know that they'll do something with it. Even if WWE try to give them trash with it, they'll, they'll, the 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 new day would do something great with it. And I wouldn't mind seeing them those guys all have one title and just all being the one champion. So I think that'd be dope. I know they're trying to do it with Sammy and Kevin Owens, but I don't know if I necessarily want to see it to be honest. Or maybe I do. I do. I think I do. But I want. I definitely want AJ going into WrestleMania with with the title. So I don't know. It's, that's that's a tough one there. Um, other than that, uh, the whole women's thing has just been pretty much frustrating because it's just like they're doing the same thing. They're all tag matches and da 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 And it's just like, it's just such trash. You're not booking these women well. You have the Royal Rumble coming up, and all you're doing is tag matches. There's other ways to do this. There's other things to do with them, and you guys are just booking them in the same type of stuff, and it's typical, but... Whatever, for all of this trash that we're getting right now, I hope that the Royal Rumble is really, really great. Especially if I'm going to be spending my money to go. Uh, I should have touched on this earlier, but I'll touch on it now. Because at this point, I'm pretty much an apologist for this guy. I know that Jericho has dedicated his Wrestle Kingdom match pretty much to his fallen friends. Uh... Pretty much uh, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. Eddie Guerrero is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Chris Benoit is also one of my favorite wrestlers ever. However, Eddie Guerrero does not have a bad stigma on him. Chris Benoit does. And I don't defend him killing his family. We've been through this before. I do not defend him killing his family. 
I do not defend that at all. What I will defend is the guy had a great wrestling career. And for what he did, he clearly was not in his right mind to do it. His brain was pretty much scrambled from all of the head trauma and things that he has gone through. It's it's evidence everywhere. You can see documentaries on it. You can see footage on it. Some of the stuff he was writing at that period of time. His head was clearly not in the right place. He was obviously just going through a lot mentally in his head, a lot of mental illness, which has also been something that, not necessarily to that extent, but in my own way, I've struggled with this past year or so. And... Even though you can't take away what that guy did, it I feel sorry for the guy. Like, I really do. Because just like you could tell that man was not in his right mind. He he couldn't have been in his right mind. Um, and at the end of the day, regardless of what he did, what he did in that ring stand alone by itself should should it should count for something. It should mean something. Um and I I mean it, it is what it is. Like people can debate that or whatever they want, but uh, in my personal opinion, I just feel like that man's work in the ring alone should stand on its own, um, and it can stand on its own because he was a great wrestler. He had great mass- matches. Uh, he's done great things, and the result of him doing a lot of the great things that he did resulted in him doing something that was truly uh, despicable and tragic. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's 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 easy to say, oh, this guy's a terrible person, da 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 but you kind of forget at the same time, like, this this guy's brain was not clearly in a healthy state. He clearly was not in a healthy state, and because of that, something super traumatic happened from it. Um, and it's hard to defend. It, it's definitely hard to defend, but at the same time, it's just this man's work alone should stand for and, and speak for itself and outside of him you know murdering his family it was I, I just truly believe he wasn't in his right mind and that's pretty much all I can say about that um and on that note rest in peace Christian Wall rest in peace Eddie Guerrero uh other than that got Raw 25 coming up a lot of names have been announced uh Supposed to be a three-hour show. No surprise there. Uh, two hours being, I think, at Barclays, one at the Manhattan Center. Uh, Shawn Michaels coming back. That's cool. Road Dog and Billy Gunn. That's cool. Undertaker. That's cool. Stone Cold. Every that's my favorite wrestler. So I would love to see Stone Cold. There's rumors that certain people are coming back. Now, the only person that rumored that I would want to see come back without a shadow of a doubt is. CM Punk. Is it possible to happen? I don't know. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. Well, would I want that to happen? Hell yeah. Because it's CM Punk. Why would you not want to see CM Punk? Um, I don't know. So, I mean, you got 25 years. He's definitely been one of the guys within the last, what, 10, 15 years who's had, who's, who's had segments that were just him talking and it's, it's just you get drawn into it. Like, his segments were just great. And he wasn't doing anything super crazy or anything like that. He was just pretty much, for the most part, speaking his mind. And it was it was always great. It was always uh, engaging. Um, even with, you know, some of the tops, even with Stone Cold, with Chris Jericho, with The Rock, with 
whoever he spoke with, he spoke with a lot of, you know, big tier guys and he held his own. He did a great job, especially cutting the promos with them. And, and it was just been amazing. So I don't know. I, I would love to see him come back. Do I think he will? Probably not. But whatever. Um, dang, think about him. For the Women's Royal Rumble, they should bring AJ Lee back. That would be dope. That would be dope to see AJ Lee in the Women's Royal Rumble. Will we get it? Who knows? But it would be dope to see. Um, as far as that, I mean, it's I'll just watch and be surprised by what they do or maybe not because pretty much who they're bringing back is kind of typical. They're bringing back pretty much everyone who has been to Philly or coming to Philly. Teddy Long and Ric Flair and Godfather, which is different. Like, how are you going to do the Godfather? It's like, he's not going to. It's not going to be the same, but I mean, I guess for nostalgia purposes, whatever. But bring back Rob Van Dam. You want to surprise me? Bring back some people that we really want. Bring back Rob Van Dam. Bring back Sam Punk. You know, bring back some people that we just, that would really surprise us. Go and go find Billy Kidman. Bring him back. If not for anyone else, at least for me, you know, I, I love to see that. So bring back, you know, Sandow. Bring back people we liked that you guys clearly didn't do good things with. You know, uh, this is what it is. We're all 25. It's either going to be uh, a great uh, show of with nostalgia, nostalgic uh, spectacular spotlights, or it's going to be a complete dumpster fire. And you can quote me on that. Uh, we have the Mixed Match Challenge coming up, and it started out kind of being dope with some of the pairings that people were trying to do, and then it kind of started becoming a little, I don't know, different in my opinion. I mean, you got you got Braun tagging with Alexa, who I, I know Nia and Braun were kind of doing their thing first, trying to put that together, and you got Nia and Alexa, I mean, Braun and Alexa, which is cool. That's dope. That's, you know, you can build something off of that. You got Charlotte and Rude. That's pretty pretty obvious they both wear robes and have that you know upper echelon type of attitude which makes sense you got Balor and and, and Sasha Banks which um it's cool it's it's it, it kind of makes sense I, it's dope I like it um you got Lana and Rusev which I feel bad for Rusev because you you're putting him with his wife which is dope but you should have put him with Tamina because she's obviously more of a wrestler than Lana is so I feel like you guys sold Rusev short on that one but it's still Rusev Day, no matter what. Uh, you got I, I can't I can never tell which I honestly do not watch Total Divas or anything like that, so I'm not exactly sure which Uso is married to Naomi. So I just wrote Jay on my paper, but it may be Jimmy, but I'm pretty sure it's Jay, um, who's and he's te- he's teaming with his wife, which makes sense. Um, because it, now I'm not being a hypocrite. It makes sense because his wife can actually wrestle. She's actually good. She's actually great at it. So that makes more sense. You got uh Naya and Apollo Cruz, which um was left field. It was completely left field. Um Cruz is super athletic, but they have not booked him well at all. So it'll be different. Um it'll be different. Um, but interesting to see. Um, you got Oscar and the Miz, which um was another group where it was like Oscar was campaigning with Goldust, and you know she ended up going with, being with someone else, which is isn't a bad thing. The Miz and Oscar I think is a good pairing, um, but it's different with someone who's super dominant on their own versus the Miz, who kind of 
is, but sometimes isn't. But um, I don't know. I think great things will come from that. Great stuff will come from that. You know, Miz wears a lot of luxurious stuff most of the time. Not super luxurious, but, you know, for him and Oscar with the robe, I think something great can can get pulled from that. Got Goldust and Alicia Fox, which makes more sense now that I'm thinking about it because they both kind of have characters where they're a little off their rocker. So now that I'm thinking about that, that actually makes more sense. And you, they could do something super dope with, like, some gold uh, ring gear. That would be dope. Uh, you got Elias and Bailey. Uh, that makes sense in the sense, you know, with him snubbing her for the hug. That makes some sense. I personally would have rather Jason Jordan be her partner because this, the character that he is now with Bailey, I just feel like there's some great stuff that would have came from that. And I don't know. I just feel like Jason Jordan definitely could have did it up with that. But I'm not mad at it. Um, and you got Natty and Nakamura, um, which... I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. It's not a bad pairing, but it was. It caught me off guard per se. Uh, you got Sami Zayn and and Becky Lynch, which that makes a little bit of sense. I guess they figured, hey, you got two redheads, put them together. Um, but that kind of makes sense. They 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 both kind of have that same fighting spirit type of thing going on. And I think that made sense once, you know, and even Sammy dressing up like the old guy, just being super obnoxious was just like, just totally Sammy, typical Sammy. And it was just great. So, um, and then you got Carmella and Big E. And I just think that's going to be dope in itself, her with just, because you know, the New Day is going to be around. It's just going to be super dope. And I think that's even more reason. Just put the U.S. title with those guys and just let them do great things, man. Just It's just something else to add to the New Day. So, um, other than that, the only thing I really want to touch on is uh, pretty much, I guess, the Elite um, kind of are booking this all-in event this year. Uh, they they kind of put the info out there last year that they're going to try to do a big arena event. And it seems like they are kind of pulling it together, man. They, they, the, the little promo pictures that they have is super dope with the title on it. I love it. It's dope. They're announcing mad people who are going to be apparently on the card or in the show, whatever, what have you. And I think it's dope. And I think it's it's definitely something that it's going to, I don't know, it's going to do something. Um, but it just, it continues to prove how big these guys are, how, you know, they're just on the outside of the WWE and they're doing great things. They're making their money. They're giving the fans what they want. And I just think it's just something great. They're just continuing to do new things, continuing to just uh, push the envelope and, I don't know, I feel at some point uh, WWE is going to have to stop with their antics and they're going to have to respect it. They're, they're totally going to have to respect it um, if they don't already. Um, well, at least Vince anyway. I'm pretty sure Triple H probably does to some extent. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the first show of 2018 for your boy, the face of the hill. The Mouth of the Bout, The Whole Effing Podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don DiBiase, Don Strowman, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, The Don of a New Nation, Don Gerard Flames, Spoken Fat Hardy, The Man That Gravity Remembered, The Don Team Dream, Donnie Delaware, Donnie Boy Smith, Donnie Omega Man, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, and before I ended... Go and check out the Mad Madness main show 
Also, go and check out False Count Anywhere. And if you have the time, go back and check out a bunch of the old episodes of The Perfect Age. Because they're all great. And this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge. And you can holla if you hear me. This is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care. If they whip or they against We don't mean to make offense But yo, we mean with our offense The scene is finna switch My team got it on clinch If the scene that you ain't green Then we gon' lean at your expense This angle but has a twist Just to hear one for a real one Left lane deals for a real one And they know the fake from the real ones You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stands quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a point but see your plans with you handed You hear that guitar riff That switch up the stance quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed